So today's episode is not gay related, but it is related to the COVID pandemic and I am infuriated right now, so I want to talk about it. So as you may or may not know, most of my listeners are American. So as you may or may not know, Canada has really messed up on our vaccination and with dealing with the pandemic. So our prime minister, there was this deal we were supposed to have with vaccine producers, and I believe it was China. And then it fell through after two or three days. And then he didn't bother to tell us and look for a new one until seven months later. Don't know why. He just chose not to. And so that's why Canada is really far behind the U.S. in terms of vaccinations. To the point that some provinces have started delaying how far out the vaccines will be administered. For example, in Ontario, the vaccines have been moved from being three weeks apart, which we know to be tested and true, to being four months apart, which we have no data on this. For these politicians who keep saying, follow the science, follow the data, that's why we're doing what we're doing. They seem to be awfully terrible at following the data and studies and results at what they should be doing. And I don't get it. I don't get why they go, well, no, I should amend that. I do get why. It looks good to say we have X many people vaccinated. But that, what does that matter if the vaccine isn't working or we have to do it all over again because you fucked up putting the vaccines and administering them the first time? How does that help anybody? We don't know if they're effective after four months. We don't know if they're 0% effective, 10% effective, 30% effective. We don't have that data. We don't know if they're the same effective as three months ago or three weeks apart. And they likely aren't because we know after that three-week point, that first dose's protection begins to wane off. And we don't know how much after four months that second dose will boost it. So they're being extremely irresponsible with the lives of their constituents and it is up to the provinces. And I live in Ontario, so I know the Ontario restrictions and whatnot are going. And then the Ontario government has completely fucked up with their administering the vaccines so bad to the point that I, I can barely articulate it. So as I've said, like they pushed apart these vaccination dates and I'm to the point where I've almost considered going down to the U.S. where vaccinations are open for anyone for three weeks and getting my two dose, my two shots, because I don't want a vaccine that's not going to be effective. And then for them to constantly be like saying that they are following the data when they aren't. And there's no wonder that uh, Premier Doug Ford's approval rating of his handling of the pandemic has fallen from, I think it was around 78%. To now with something like 32. He's lost a lot of support because initially he was very strong with the no stay home restrictions, lockdown, keeping the everyone safe, keeping kids out of schools to keep them safe. Then they opened schools back up in September. Everything was going well. And then they implemented more restrictions. And since then, it's been progressively worse and getting very, very rocky. Or I guess that's not really an expression. But it's gotten worse and worse for them because as things have happened, they've gotten less and less clear about what's restricted and why they're restricting certain things to the point that they've stopped doing contact tracing, like official contact tracing. So we don't know where cases are coming from. We know they're going up, but we don't know where they're coming from. 
So initially, recently, we've had an actual shutdown after being in a variations of shutdowns. He changes the name every couple months. It's a lockdown. It's a shutdown. It's restrictions. And for a while, we were, you know, we were in school. Schools were open. For some reason, they kept pushing to keep schools open. Even though, like, what's the logic behind being allowed to have 1,500 people in one building versus you can't have half a dozen people in a hair salon? Like, no one can get haircuts in Ontario right now. And in fact, they're talking about implementing further restrictions, which will add on to what's already here. So right now we're in a stay-at-home order, which means we're not allowed to leave our houses unless it's for exercise, but gyms are closed, so outdoor exercise. Uh, food, basically essential shopping. Uh, we have curbside pickup for non-essential businesses and medical things, so doctor's appointments or prescriptions. And I cannot express how stupid their next restrictions they're adding. They're preventing curbside pickup, which is near contactless. Because in many places, many small businesses, they set whatever they're doing out on the curb and then someone comes and picks it up. There's no little to no contact. And beyond that, he's constantly saying support small businesses, small restaurants. But if he closes everything down and stops curbside pickup, he will effectively be shutting these small businesses down while allowing these mega corporations to operate, which is something I've really been pissed off about is the fact that Walmart's allowed to stay open. Walmart's this massive mega corporation, but the mom and pop shops can't because they aren't a big enough business or they aren't essential. But if you're doing curbside pickup, you drive by, you grab it from the curb, and that's it. And many businesses have implemented it. And given that we're not doing contact tracing, there's no evidence to suggest that this is where the spike in COVID cases is coming from. And there is no evidence to show that this, these COVID numbers will be lowered by stopping curbside pickup. And then beyond that, they're doing really idiotic, idiotic restrictions that they're talking about implementing. Now, they haven't officially announced any of them yet, but from people who have inside knowledge, these new restrictions they're looking at adding are closing all non-essential retail. So that would be the no curbside, like I said. Uh, further restricting retail hours, uh, and then restricting curbside pickups that only permit holding non-essential retails uh, to deliver. I guess this really confuses me. But this has been a big issue that this government has had is that they constantly are saying, this is open, no, it's cold, it's closed. No, it's open, no, it's closed. And they've been so inconsistent in their messaging and it's hard for people to actually understand what they are or aren't supposed to do because it changes so often. Uh, they're further tightening the capacity of indoor events and places of worship, weddings, and funerals. They are shutting down non-essential construction, warehouses, and manufacturing, not related to health, food, or automotive. And then they're increasing fines and increasing policing powers. But really, is increasing fines, I don't think it's going to stop anyone right? If a $100 fine isn't going to stop anyone, a $120 fine isn't going to stop anyone. Similarly, if someone's willing to risk a $500 fine, they're going to be willing to risk a $600 fine. And through this entire pandemic, they've constantly been saying that it's at-home gatherings and parties that are the issue because they're uncontrolled for the most part. 
But by that logic, you shouldn't be shutting down these non-essential buildings. You should be working on how to stop these at-home gatherings. Because the, the first things to always get shut down are hair salons and gyms where we're seeing the lowest number of case transmissions, which makes little sense. And to the point that they've had people on on their press conferences who have been caught saying that they don't understand why the government has had them on talking because this isn't their area of expertise and they're just doing what the government is telling them to say. And it, everyone's trying to point the fingers at whose fault it is in Canada. They're like, no, it's the provincial government. No, it's the municipal government. No, it's the, the federal government. Personally, I think the blame is shared between the federal and provincial governments. It's, I think, really starts with the federal government messing up on the vaccine acquisition, which is actually shameful to be a Canadian right now because we're getting vaccine deals that were meant for third world countries. Canada is not a third world country. We should not have to get these vaccines. We should have had deals in place beforehand, but our government was clearly incompetent. With our federal government, ministers in it are saying that this is a political opportunity that the COVID-19 pandemic is a political opportunity to push through more legislature that they want pushed through. She said it in the context of uh, childcare. And if you don't know, in Canada, you get a, there's, I believe, a child benefit something or other. I don't have kids, so I'm not wholly versed in it, but it's essentially meant to help for covering the cost of having a kid, having a child, which has lifted many, many people out of poverty which is good, but then the federal government is also trying to introduce legislation that uh, would mimic kind of what Quebec does, where they cover large costs of uh, services like childcare, which would be great, but we don't financially, we're not stable enough to afford both of these, prop these bills. One of them, we have the child benefit currently, but we don't have the funds to fund both programs. So we'd have to pick between one or the other, but they're trying to introduce the two side by side together. Well, not introduce them together, but you should, they have one in place and then they're trying to introduce a new one that functionally cover very, very similar things, but that would at least double the burden on the taxpayers, which we don't have the money for right now. So beyond them using it for their own gain, which we've seen happen several times, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, has had several, several um, corruption scandals. The biggest one, I believe, was SNC-Lavalin. I'll let you look into that. It happened a few years ago. But back to... And then, so they failed with getting vaccines. And I think that really threw a wrench into what the provinces were doing it because they suddenly weren't able to get vaccines, which is, yes, unfortunate, but they just, at least in Ontario, completely failed after that point. Because right now we're looking at everyone getting their first dose, possibly by the end of August, maybe. But the vaccine doses are four months apart, like I've said before, and we don't know how effective they're going to be. So it might be better to just go somewhere else and get a vaccine because they're actually implementing them how it's recommended. The vaccine companies are telling them not to do this because there's no evidence that it will work. True, there's no evidence against it, but I would much rather err on the side of caution than throw caution to the wind and risk having to do this all over again. It's going to help no one in that case. 
And at which point we will have just wasted effectively millions of vaccines because we didn't use them properly. So it really doesn't make sense. And beyond this, for people who, like in schools, graduating students, they lost the end of their grade 11 year. Then they lost all of their 12th grade year. For example, my school, the prom is happening, what the prom, quote unquote, is supposed to happen in, I believe, the end of June or end of July, but no one's going to be vaccinated at that point, at least not enough. So that's likely going to get canceled, especially since the graduating class is about 200 students, if not more. So I'm not going to be able to have a gathering of 200 people. And then it's the possible date is being pushed back to December 31st of 2021. So but that's the middle of like university. Like we've moved on from high school at that point. Personally, I would not go back if it gets pushed to December 31st. And I don't even know if I want to go to the one at the end of June or July. Like I really don't care at this point. We don't get even like a real yearbook. We get nothing, nothing, right? We have this, this pathetic walk by graduation ceremony. So altogether, there's been a lot that's happened with the pandemic and then with the government further putting more restrictions and then taking them off and then putting more on is being really bad. And of course, some blame is shared by other things such as Toronto is the big problem area. The greater Toronto area is the problem area within Ontario. It's where the most cases exist. And when cases get under control, pretty much everywhere else, uh, through Ottawa to London, Thunder Bay, and then everywhere else, the rural communities uh, around Toronto and Ottawa. And I mention those because Ottawa and Thunder Bay are the next two largest cities after the greater Toronto area. And Ottawa is about four hours away from the GTA. So people in Toronto even though their shopping was closed down, they would all get on a bus and then drive into Belleville, or they'll drive in, which is about halfway between Toronto and Ottawa. Um, Ottawa's Ontario's second largest city. So they would drive from, on, from Toronto to either Belleville or Ottawa, and they'll either take a coach bus or they'll drive, which a coach bus is like 40 people piled together. It's a super spreader event in and of itself. And then they would just get hotel rooms and they would do their shopping there. So they were then, or they'd stop in Kingston, wherever. So they were actively bringing and exposing people where it was far more under control because they just couldn't stay where they were as they were supposed to. So yes, not all of the blame falls on the government, but they also didn't restrict um, travel within the province, which yes, they would have faced major backlash for. But if you're saying this is the problem region, then you have to target that region. You can't just punish everyone because people are fed up. Like there's someone I follow on TikTok and what they're doing right now is they are working and they're part of a protest against a lot of the lockdowns and they're actively working against them because they're absurd to the point that they're restricting small businesses, shutting them down while mega corporations are allowed to operate, which is beyond absurd, at least to me. You're actively shutting down small businesses, which are the backbone of Canada's economy. 
So we shouldn't be shutting down these small businesses. We should be finding the best ways for them to be continuing business and not, not giving this advantage to these mega corporations. It is just driving me absolutely insane that these mega corporations are pretty much getting a slide. They're getting a pass. Whereas small businesses aren't. I'm lucky. I work for a small business that is fully virtual. So I'm able to continue working through this pandemic. But many people aren't because their small businesses are either in person or whatnot. I know my aunt, she runs a small business, small, mid-size. It got shut down because it was dealt with in-person stuff. And I remember at the start of the COVID pandemic, she was basically like, thankfully, I have money saved up where I can cover costs. But if it goes on for more than a few months, as in like complete shutdown, there just wasn't the funds there and she would have had to shut it down. Luckily, from what I understand, she hasn't had to do that yet. Um, but with continued restrictions and everything, it's getting harder and harder for, for small businesses to stay afloat. Not to mention the fact that at the rate that the U.S. is printing money, they're facing a major economic um, uh, bubble bursting. Uh, just if you look at a whole bunch of indicators, which is understandable. But altogether, and that's also kind of off topic, and also kind of not, but altogether, the pandemic and just the way it's being treated is driving me insane. And now to tie it a little bit back to, to gay things, if you've stuck with me this far, the effects of the pandemic has led to many iconic parts of the, the Canadian uh, gay scene. Again, I've mostly paid attention to Ontario, but like famous gay bars in Toronto and um, communal baths are being shut down. So many of these parts of LGBT history are being shut down because they just couldn't survive the pandemic, which I think is very tragic because this is a part of uh, a history that is rarely talked about. And I just, the way this pandemic has been handled by the people in charge, I think is terrible. And now if you're looking at like population comparison, Ontario is similar to Florida, roughly. Uh, we're both around 20-ish million people. From what I've seen from the case numbers, Ontario is now rising above Florida. But it just is driving me nuts how bad and how poorly the government is handling this while saying, look at the science, we're following the science. Well, they're actively not listening to their advisors and the science. They're actively not. They've been told for months and months and months leading up to April, that the third wave will hit in April unless restrictions are taken. They did not implement restrictions before April. They implemented after. So they're not actually listening to the experts. Sure, they're listening to them, quote-unquote, but then they're taking their own action and disregarding much of what they say. So instead of being proactive, they're being reactive. And since we don't have vaccines, we should be being proactive, not reactive. It was fine to be reactive at the start of the pandemic because we didn't understand it. Now we're starting to. And regardless of whether it's the federal government's fault with vaccines or the provincial government, I lean towards it's the federal government's fault. There was action the provincial governments, specifically Ontario, 
because I've paid attention to the Ontario situation, could have taken to be proactive instead of reactive. You know you're not getting vaccines until summer starts. So then we have to be proactive and actively monitoring cases. And they've even considered, in the article I was talking about earlier where they just kind of listed the uh, the things that were coming, they've talked about a, a curfew. And depending on when that curfew falls, I think that could really be a breaking point for a lot of people. I know a lot of people are reaching that breaking point. But putting a, a curfew on people just won't end well. I really don't think it will, uh, especially for like outdoor exercise and whatnot, because people are really starting to face the economic and mental effects of the pandemic as it's been over a year without being able to really gather with people and to do normal things. So people have started going to parks and whatnot to get time outside because people are just, they're straight up just done with it. And they're not able to to be cooped up inside anymore. It's not good for them. It's not good for their kids. It's not good for anyone to be cooped up inside their house or their apartment all year. So for a year, so especially for kids, it's really bad for them. So they go, they go for walks to the park, they run through the park. Um, and just, it's, it's driving me nuts how, how badly the government messed up. And just to add one thing, I was listening to the radio the other day and they were talking about how in our city they should remove the bylaw restrictions temporarily for uh, open drinks because we should actively be pushing people to gather in places that are far lower risk than high risk. It's a lot higher risk for a group of five people to gather in someone's house. It's far, far lower risk that same five group of people to kind of spread out over a park so we can't stop people from doing it like with abortions when they're illegal people are going to get them they just do it unsafely so if we push people to gather like not push them to gather but if they are going to gather gather outside uh, where their rate of transmission is far far lower and you know social distance then if we remove that open like in our city it's against the the city's laws to uh, have open alcohol so if we remove that so someone could have a beer or two at a park well then that's not as big of an issue as then if then they're gathering in someone's house so working on that harm reduction as opposed to completely stopping it and we see this in a whole bunch of areas that are arguably far less likely to happen than human gatherings like human gathering and getting together other human contact is a part of how humans survive it's part of our nature but we see this with abortions as i talked about uh, we see it with prostitution even when it's illegal it still happens and it's just if it's legal then it can be regulated and taxed we see this with we see this with drug use people will use drugs regardless of if they're legal or not but if they're legal they can then be regulated and then they can also be taxed, that income can be taxed. So this active pushing people to absolutely nothing, we should be focusing on harm reduction strategies and complete elimination. Focus on if they're gonna do it, do it safely or more safely. Now I get some people are going to be very much against any and all gatherings. And if you're are uncomfortable to gather, that's fine. But staying apart physically distanced outside 
is far better than not gather like than gathering in someone's home. If a group of five people gather together inside where first of all there's no one that can see them, so you don't really know what's happening in there. So they could be really close, sharing food, that kind of stuff, which high school students also do. Um, they will go off school property for lunch, as they're allowed to do in Ontario, and then they will grab various items. They share pop, they share drinks. So it's not really sanitary in that respect. And they're also transmitting that way. But if, you know, people are outside and yeah, if there are the occasional bylaw officers who go by who can check that people are socially distanced, that they aren't crowding together, then that's fine. At least in my eyes, I think we should be focusing on harm reduction, especially since we don't have vaccines and there is a very, very long end in sight. Like it is not start of summer, get end in sight. It's nowhere near that like it is in the U.S. Our end in sight is at best the start of next winter possibly longer and if the vaccines don't work then we're looking at at least another year of lockdowns and shutdowns which is just too much for people to do that without any possible um i don't want to say recourse without any possible interaction people are going to have to do that at some point and you're just tearing taut like years from people's lives at that point and we have to at some point, pick ourselves up and realize that as much as we want to stay completely shut down, we understand more of how COVID transmits and that we need to be proactive in our response, not reactive. If we're being reactive, it's not going to work. And then if we're being proactive, it's going to work better, especially since we don't have vaccines. Because we don't have these vaccines, we're going to have to be responding sooner to hopefully nip these these outbursts in a in the bud instead of letting them drag on for months together where we're all shut down for months and months at a time and we have to learn that there is a balance between people getting infected yes and keeping our case numbers low but that's not the only focus because if people are all stuck focusing on just on covid then you stop realizing that people have lives that even if we stay 100% shut down for the next six months and we might start, we might lower the case numbers that get infected with COVID, people aren't going to have lives after that. People, so many people will be in debt or without a job that their lives are going to be so much harder after the pandemic. And we have to learn at a certain point that we have to balance that. At what point do we say, all right, COVID is important, but there are other things that are in play as well. It's not just COVID. We have other things that are important. Our jobs, relationships, all that kind of stuff. School, human interaction. Anyway, that's where I'm going to leave it for today. So check us out on our social media, at thatgaysht on Instagram, at thatgaysht on Twitter, and I will catch you guys next time. Will out.